Let's get ready to study God's Word. to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker and today's devotional study is entitled, The Right Thing at the Right Time. Please visit our page, biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find all of our previous podcasts and such resources as the key principles of effective Bible study. You will also find a list of the platforms from which our podcasts can be accessed, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and much, much more. Before we get into this study, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for being with us. We invite your presence now as we open your word, and we ask that you'll grant us the Holy Spirit for wisdom and understanding so we can rightly divide your words of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, the title is The Right Thing at the Right Time. And the verse that we're dealing with that we'll focus on is Matthew 10, 22 and 23. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Okay, so here's some instruction from our Lord. And he says, when you get persecuted in a city, flee, go to another place. Don't just stick around. Um, The gospel has to go all over the place. And when they persecute you in one place, move out and go somewhere else. The wise man tells us that there is a time for every purpose under the heaven. So Jesus gave this direct instruction. And we, we know that he means what he says. But we're also going to look at Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Actually, no, we're going to look at Acts chapter 5. And we're going to start a little later than the regular story. We're going to start at verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, and they laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folk, and they which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every one. So we see the work of the apostles at this time, and they are doing a lot of work, and they are generally in Jerusalem right now. They're in Jerusalem right now, and they're getting a lot of work done, and they are healing the sick, lots and lots of miracles of this sort. They are preaching and teaching, and people are being healed. And then it tells us in verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, 
and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. (laughs) But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, no, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of themselves whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in the prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. Now, that tells you a lot when the captain of the temple Right, so this isn't a Roman. But when the captain of the temple and the officers with him are nervous to interfere with these folks who they put in prison, disappeared from prison, are back in the temple, and the people are willing to hear from them. So they are kind of careful not to create a scene lest they should be mobbed by the people. The fact that they even thought about this, I mean, it would be one thing if the Romans were making this kind of judgment call, but to have officers of the temple have to decide that they're not going to use violence because they're afraid of the mob, it goes to show you that they were doing something wrong. It also goes to show you that the the concerns we have about the relationship between uh, law enforcement and the people has been tenuous for a very long time. It hasn't always been sunshine and roses. So they brought them to the council. We're going to deal with that in a second. But I want to refer back to Matthew 10, 22 to 23. Christ said, if you're being persecuted, flee to another city. But here, when the angel lets them out, the angel says, go and speak in the temple. Is this a contradiction? Well, no. In this day and age, we tend to consider persecution anything that happens to you once and is annoying. Uh, Persecution is a persistent thing, right? It's something that happens over time. You might even call it systemic harassment. Um, But persecution is not something that just happens once. Not to say that if the thing only happens to you once, it's fine or there's no complaint. That's not what's being said. You just wouldn't call that persecution. It can be harassment. It can be violence. It can be any number of things. But persecution is usually systematic. It's usually uh, repeated. It's usually uh, intense of an intense, of a, a decent length and duration. And here we have them being thrown in prison. The, the Jews laid hands on them. Peter and John were called in before in chapter 4 and were beaten when they wouldn't quite cooperate. And here we have all of the apostles being rounded up and put in the common prison. And so it doesn't technically rise to the level of persecution yet. So it's not as though they would have been in a good place to tell the angel. But Jesus said, 
were supposed to go away. So that's one. Uh, two, this was a direct instruction where they would understand that God had a mission for them. He had a purpose in having them stay where they were. And, and so they followed the instruction. We need to know when to do the right thing at the right time. When God sent Elijah to Ahab in 1 Kings 17, when he sent Elijah there, he sent him, he gave that message, the Lord sent him away and hid him and kept him safe and, and gave him food and water and then later food in Zarephath with the woman. After the Mount Carmel experience, because God sends him back when it's time, and he has that experience, and he has that clash with Jezebel, he's not supposed to run away at that time, right? It was the right time and the right place for leaving at the beginning of the conflict, but when the conflict is coming up to a climax, he wasn't supposed to run away. So the running away uh, made things a little bit more complicated. He wasn't supposed to run. That's why God confronts him with, what doest thou here, Elijah? Likewise, when the persecution would become consistent and intense, the Lord said, don't stick around needlessly. Don't stick around needlessly. There are other places to be warned. Okay, there are other places to be warned, so you need to go to other places. But here, the angel of the Lord tells them that there are additional things that they have to do. Verse 27, Acts 5, 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Of course, they forgot that they brought the blood upon themselves. His blood be on us and our children, they said during the crucifixion. Acts 5.29 Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. And when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Right? So at this moment, it looks like, ooh, these guys made a bad decision to go back, or at least... They went back and then they mouthed off. But 34 says, Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. And then he goes through some history, which you should read here. He goes through some history and points out, if this stuff is is made up, if they're just making this stuff up, it's going to die down. But if they are legitimately representatives of God, you're not going to be able to fight against it, right? That's what he says in 38. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, so they didn't agree entirely, apparently, 
they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. We have to make sure we're doing the right thing at the right time. God, We can count on God protecting us when we are abiding in his will. Now, it may be his will that we perish, right? Just want to be clear about that. There are stories in the Bible where people are saved from danger, and there are stories in the Bible where people go through danger. In this story, they were saved from death, and it was downgraded to beatings. So the intervention of God is clear. God doesn't promise us that we will not go through bad things in this life. He does not. But he still promises to protect us. He's not neglecting us because we go through bad things. When we go through things that oppress us, when we go through things that persecute us, when we go through things that stress us, when we go through things that are hurtful and painful and difficult, we grow. There is no growing in ease. There just is no growing in ease. Everything that grows in a time of ease is destroyed easily in a time of hardship. But those who go through hardship are strengthened and able to endure other things. This life is not always easy. But if we are abiding in Christ, if we are doing the right thing at the right time, we need to know when we ought to run. We need to know when we ought to stand firm. We need to know when we ought to come back. And that requires a connection with Christ. If we are staying in accordance with his will and doing what it is he needs us to do, he will protect us. He will protect us. Doesn't mean that zero harm will come to us, but here you see the apostles, they took counsel to slay them. They were going to get rid of all the apostles there, one shot. But God spoke through Gamaliel and it changed the death to a beating. And they went back to doing what they were supposed to do, which was preach the gospel. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. We have to know what the right thing is. Do it at the right time. And we need not to get stuck doing it. If you remember the story of David, Philistines gathered together and he set the battle in array and prayed. Should he go up against the Philistines and would the Lord deliver them into his hand? The Lord said, yes, go up. I will deliver them. And he destroyed them. And a little while later, they came to the exact same spot and set up again. And he came and set the battle in array and he prayed and said, Lord, shall I go up against them? And the Lord said, no, don't. You go and hang out over in this corner here and wait until you hear the rumbling through the tops of the mulberry trees. For then it is that the Lord will go out ahead of you. Okay? And he, he went to battle, but he went to battle after he heard the Lord go into battle. The Lord led that charge. He did not assume that because it was the same people in the same place that it warranted the same response. He understood at that time 
that there is a right thing at a right time. That's what you need to be doing. Right? The right thing at the right time. And God gives us instruction. There are many places in the Bible where we get uh, instruction that shows us that course A is right on some occasions. And course B is also right on some occasions. We need to pray for discernment to understand which, when to apply which situation. We need to listen to instructions because sometimes God tells us and doesn't leave it for us to guess which situation requires which specific action. But we ought to pray like David did so he can, we can know the will of God. We ought to listen when God sends instruction to us to understand this is when he wants us to do this thing. Right thing at the right time. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Remember that. Endurance. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your love. Thank you for your watch care and your protection. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that you do not leave us in darkness, but always send us light. Help us to be attentive, listening out for your instructions, praying to seek direction, even when things might look a little bit obvious, making sure that we're doing the right thing at the right time. Please bless us, we pray, and help us to go forward by your grace to do the things you'd have us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to contact us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. Whether you have questions, comments, or concerns, we look forward to hearing from you. If you're finding this channel to be a blessing, please take the time to share our page with others. And always keep our ministry in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study His Word.